deep you throat. You have throat. to. I feel like you have to. Okay. Hey guys, it's Sweet Tea and TNT. <laughs> we talk about the lore and legends of Dungeons and Dragons. Generally, we talk about monsters and maybe some spells, and we'll give you some DM or player advice if we feel like it. <laughs> but you know what? Wordy. Fuck it. It's our podcast. Hopefully, you like it. Please rate and subscribe us on your podcatcher of choice, particularly Apple. I thought you were going to say, please like us. <laughs> please like me. Please like us. I need validation. <laughs> the only reason I live my life. Post the podcast and stand by for validation. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Download. <laughs> we actually passed 800 downloads as of the weekend of the 26th. Which is this weekend. Well, it is this weekend, but we're not releasing this till next weekend. I know so that. calendars are confusing. Okay. <laughs> Mine dictates my every move every day, and it's the only reason I get to places on a timely manner. So today, we're going to talk about stuff, and Jamie's going to take the lead because she has the book. I do. Yep. And was I supposed to go first? Yeah. Now you are. All right. I don't know. I'm down. You so- guys like we have a plan. <laughs> We did. We wrote it down and everything, and then we lost it. <laughs> it's over here. Such is us. Such is such is us. <laughs> Hashtag millennial. Um, <laughs> so I'm talking about the Kenku. The such basic, really ugly, kind of terrifying when you look at them. Kenku. Oh, beautiful. Um, <laughs> so Kenku, birds. Can you imagine a Our bird birds. leg that thick? That's what I was kind of getting at. Is terrifying. It makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> bird, bird legs make me uncomfortable. Like I just, bird, like bird legs they are weird. But um, and like imagine a, a human sized that. It's. I don't like birds in general, so a humanoid sized one just makes me hate them more. That's the only <laughs> thing I'm prejudiced against: bird sized humans. Wait, <laughs> human sized birds. Switch <laughs> that song. Wait, what would a bird like an ostrich is like human sized? <laughs> I still want to see the tiny, tiny bird-sized <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah, they were thieves. They never returned. Or shit. Um, um, Miyazaki made one too. Um, it was like that. It was like the borrowers, but it was his take on it. I forgot the oh, Arietti. Yeah, yeah, Arietti. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So. Ah. That's. But no, I understand what you mean. They're you. and they're well, not you. I was talking again. <laughs> Their their hands make me uncomfortable because I I feel like they would look like their legs look, and then it'd be a hand that looks like that because they have five digits and it makes me real not okay okay. I'm gonna give them less than five digits because I don't have that kind of time uh, to draw that. <laughs> I just gave them hands. I gave them mittens. <laughs> don't judge me in my artistic speed of drawing. I got the, the lobster claws. This is my strong hand. <laughs> okay, Kenku. Kenku are feathered humanoids that wander this world as vagabonds driven by greed. They can perfectly imitate any sound they hear. So, a little backstory on them. Um, Once upon a time, the Kenku uh, could fly. They held the wind in their wings, embracing the gusty sky and singing the sweet language of bird song. Serving a master. What the boo, what the- <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine that walking down the street and then just 
hearing that at your head level from someone your size oh, God. how loud oh, it would no. be <laughs> and imagine starting a conversation with him today hey reginald how are you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried to get away from the mic, but I was not successful. <laughs> and some of them are like, can you imagine a big size rooster? <laughs> There's one in Robin Hood where he plays the like lute. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's my favorite. Classic. Boop, 30 seconds and we're copyright stricken. <laughs> <laughs> but I can just kind of imagine one of them coming out early in the morning from their house and just being like... <laughs> oh god imagine them as a neighbor Fuck exactly that. no you're googling a movie Can you right imagine now. the giant roast beast you would have if you could <laughs> oh my god i think if they could fly imagine the shits on your windshield they well, shatter your windshield. the eric coker can fly so yeah that's true. there we go there's that mystery solved <laughs> okay so their master is now lost to the memory. The king who coveted the glittering baubles of his household and longed to speak so that they could cajole and swindle others out of their treasures. Stealing the secret of speech from a volume in their master's library, they disguised themselves in rags to beg for pretty things. When their master learned of their greed, he stripped away their wings as punishment, forcing them to beg forever. Sad day. That is sad. And I don't know. They remind me. I wonder if all kinku are blackbirds. Like if they're ravens, crows, type looking birds. Is it in the description that they are? Uh, it does not say. Um, it, it says that they have, like their clothes cover black silky wings. Oh no, they cover soft sleek feathers of their bodies. So it doesn't say they're black. But every picture I've ever seen of a kenku is, has, black. is a black I think Kiri's bird. black in um, Critical Role. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because <clears throat> I, I have always just wondered that. I feel like that's racist. <laughs> I wasn't um, a rock a doodle. I remember that movie. I've never seen that movie. It was. He was Elvis. Yes, he was Elvis. But it was just one of those movies. It was a Fox made movie. I'm pretty sure. Thanks, guys. I feel real young right now. You should. You're the youngest at this table. <laughs> like two years, maybe three. Oh, this comes out on my birthday, yo. Yeah. Happy birthday! So this will release on my birthday. I'll be thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty three. Okay, so. <clears throat> <clears throat> birds birds where do they come from birds um <laughs> uh, they are super stealthy they tread lightly when they walk on talons made for grasping the branches of trees and seizing prey from lofty skies soft as the wind they move so as not to draw attention to their shameful forms um so i feel like that wouldn't be soft i feel like that would be <laughs> clacking as they walk clacking like <laughs> Because if you've ever heard a little bird, like, jump on linoleum, it is very loud. <laughs> Specifically linoleum. Yeah. Well, like, a hard surface is like... And it's just... I don't like it. Okay, Kinku can mind the sound of anything they hear. A Kinku asking for money might make the sound of coins clinging together. And a Kinku referring to a busy marketplace can produce uh, <clears throat> the cacophony of hawking vendors, barking dogs, bleeding sheep, and the cries of street urchins. When mimicking voices, they can only repeat words and phrases they have heard, not create new sentences. To converse with a kinku is to witness a performance of imitated sounds and almost nonsensical verse. Kinku speak to one another in such in the same just a way. And it, it goes on to say that they have their own kind of language through gestures and head tilts and eye gazes. and which is, So it's not so much they have to talk to each other. They just have unspoken, nonverbal cues. Hmm. Um, I never 
thought about them making the sound of something like that, of like coins or a busy street or something. I always thought it was voices. And I'm like, oh, any sound? So it could be anything. Hmm. <laughs> That'd be fun if they were, ooh, sexual. Yes, sort of. I think they could more, but I feel like if it's only a phrase that they can pick up or a sentence by sentence, I don't know. So I've seen like, it became like Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. it as stories where if you were trying to like say interrogate a Kenku, because they are thieves by nature technically, then as you're talking to them, it would be a um, like you have to start feeding a dialogue so that it can respond to you back. So I thought it would be fun to like, okay, we're just going to take a day and redo the dictionary because I don't have this kind of fucking time. But I mean, but I wonder if they know meaning like that. I don't think they understand meaning from it. I think you could just imply the questions about it because it was very similar to there's this part, spoiler alert for Waterdeep, where you can interrogate a Kenku to kind of figure out where the next part of the story goes. And uh, they only know like four lines, which is like... uh, don't tie that one up, put them in the room. Yeah. Or uh, follow the symbols. And it tells you how to say Leave it. nobody behind or something like that. So all of their voices change. So it's something that they've heard at least at one point. So I think they can pick up phrases and then you just kind of have to wing it from that. And it, I think it would be interesting as somebody who was playing a kinku to have to constantly change their voice pitch if they're trying to use a word they learned from somebody else. Because it sounds like they used to have a language, but they're cursed not to have one anymore. It said birdsong, so I imagine that's Whipper more will. chirpy. Yeah, high pitched, shrill. God awful, waking me up early in the morning. God, those bastards. <laughs> um, all Kenku pine for the ability to fly, in this, and thus the punishments they mete out to one another often involve false wings, such as heavy wings of void born as a mark of shame. As a final tragic reminder of the wings they once had, Kenku carry out executions by hurling their condemned from tall buildings or cliffs. Damn. It all comes back around. I don't remember it being that fucking dark. They're a cursed like, race. I That's can understand true. that. And the, because you told me this, they are a playable race on D&D. They Beyond. are. They can be found in Volo's Guide to Monsters. And did you find that? or I gave it to you and you ignored me when I said, hey, you want the paper? Did you? Because I don't remember this. You I'm s- not saying that I didn't do it. I'm saying I don't remember. I have it here. I think it's on page 109 of Volos. But oh, I thought you some. asked me if I had it. And I said, no. no, I don't have it. What are you talking about? This is <laughs> I misunderstood you. I apologize. Ooh, I remember talking about using the bow back. Uh, 109, Kinku, Ancient Curse. The Ancient Curse. Or an ancient oh, is this cur- like a really long thing? Like it's like three story. pages. I wouldn't suggest reading it. Oh, that. Jeepers Bleeding Creepers. Um, No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Jeepers bleeding creepers? Is that what you said? Alright, Jeepers is a shock word. Bleeding. British? I don't know. Creepers? I don't... I get it. Jeepers bleeding peepers? Your eyes are bleeding from creeping. But... (laughs) This has devolved into nothing and continue on. What are the stats? Don't you tell me how to fake swear. Language wise, do they have one listed? Like, does it say, like, Kinku, it, which is, like, their, like... It says, it understands Orin and Common, but speaks only through the use of its mimic, mimicry trait. Okay. I feel like that's so weird. Like, it could, so, it could essentially learn every word, but it couldn't say every word. It has to hear it verbally to understand, or know what the word, to even say the word. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, so if it if you could teach it, because I'm thinking of how you teach a child. Yeah, so it no- understands common and orange. So as long as you're speaking in those languages, it completely understands you. But it can't say them. Yeah. Unless you've said it right. That's what it sounds like. So if like. you do read the dictionary, technically it works. I don't know. It sounds like they can memorize it forever. I don't know. That's something to be discussed. You guys should discuss it. Our beautiful listeners should discuss it. Argue about it in the comments. Below. Argue about it in the comments. So, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not reading all this. This is a lot of stuff, and I didn't read it before. You might want to highlight the trick. I think they have like a thing where they can like mimic whatever task you've done or something. Here? In, in the, the Kenku traits, the race one. Let's see. Kinku traits. If you make a Kinku character, your dex goes up by two, your wisdom goes up by one. They have a shorter lifespan than humans. They reach maturity at 12, live to about 60. They're chaotic creature, creatures, rarely mass, rarely making enduring commitments, and they're mostly for preserving their own hides. Generally chaotic neutral. They're five feet tall, weigh about 120 pounds. You're medium, 30 feet. Experts in forgery. Yeah, they can also copy exactly what is written. Yes. So they're like, yeah. yeah, so they're like born forgers. Um, they make excellent rogues. Um, they do. You're proficient in your choice of two skills, acrobatics, ow, acrobatics, deception, stealth, and sleight of hand. You mimic sounds you've heard, including voices. A creature that hears you sounds, hear the sounds you make and tell your intention. No. See, I want to say we had a player who used this. He had his, uh, co-player make this kinku character in the fact that they would be their assistant as a crafter that they can mimic and take advantage on crafting stuff but that doesn't apply technically i don't know more that i don't know right. <laughs> it doesn't say Learn something today but I, there's still like four pages of stuff so i'll read that shit later maybe if i feel like it i don't know i'll Ooh, make an update i'll post some stuff online yeah we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway to the stat block kinkus are medium humanoid chaotic neutral like we said they're armor class in the monster manual is uh, 13. They have uh, hit points from 13 up to 24. Speed is 30. Uh, Everything is very basic on them. 10 strength. They have a 16 dex and then a 10, 11, 10, 10 for the rest of it. Basic as they go. (laughs) Bitches. Basic Basic bitches. bitches. Uh, Deception is plus 4. Stealth plus 2. Or sorry. Perception plus 2. Stealth plus 5. I can't talk today, guys. Can't read either. They have a passive perception of 12. Like we said, they understand Orin in common, but they only use the mimicry trait. They're only a quarter CR. So just throw a flock of them at your players. A whole flock. A, a murder. Flock of Kenku. A murder of Kenku. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, ambusher. This is like their traits. The Kenku has advantage on attack rolls against any creature it has surprised. And then have the mimicry. The kinku can mimic any sounds it has heard, including voices. A creature that hears the sounds can tell they are imitations with a successful DC 14 wisdom or insight check. They can do a short sword and short bow action. The short sword is a melee weapon attack plus 5 to hit. Uh, does a D6 plus 3 damage uh, piercing. Short bow is a ranged weapon attack plus 5 to hit. And then it does uh, 1D6 plus 3 piercing damage. So it feels like kind of like the goblins uh, we talked about last time. Volos really went in deep with their culture, with what it looks like when a bunch of them work together, and then the playable race. So 
Bowls is a good backup to get into if you're really wanting to explore things like that. If you're just kind of throwing them in there for flavor text, it, you know, throw a flock of them in there, I would say. Yeah, they're not very strong. They're Shit. not. They've only got up to 24 hit points, and they suck at everything except for decks. <laughs> hey, they're doing their best. They're average as they come. What would you say, like, describing them in the book, how do they look? In the book, it looks, okay, so it kind of reminds me just the way they're, I don't know what those are called on their legs, but they kind of have little bumpies, like, that go up their legs and arms. Like ruffles they have ridges? <laughs> I guess so. But it looks almost like bandages, so it looks like a bird face and beak coming out of a hood of a human with, like, gray-looking bandages on them. And then bird feet that are enormous and scary because mm. they look like dragon talons. Like they would just rip the flesh off your face. Ugh. I would never want to get in a street fight with one of these because they don't have it in here. Oh, they can't fly. They can't. Okay. Unless Eric, you put wood on well, them and throw and them off the building. Kokra, and Eric Coker could probably do this. And I didn't think of this when we talked about them. But you could get your wings up and like, like nab at somebody's I face. I think Eric Coker have claw attacks. Yeah. I don't remember. Sorry, guys. See episode one. We don't remember. It's been a while. That was in October. I can't be expected. To I know, that. right? Your face I don't even game. know what I had for breakfast. You don't eat breakfast. Exactly. How will I know? Talk about talk about your thing. What talk about Rakshasas. Rakshasa. I think it's two twenty seven. Two twenty seven. And Kinku is found on what page of the month's manual? It's on one ninety four. Sweet. I'm totally guessing on page numbers, so this will be fun. It's before that. Is it 227? Was that right? No. What was it? 257. Damn, I got two of the numbers. Sucks right? to suck. Shut up. <laughs> we missed you, but also fuck you. Just... Okay, so. Rakshasa. I know that was shit. I'm sorry. Alright. So, the Rakshasa is a medium fiend lawful evil character. It is essentially a tiger. With weird hands. And so the way it's described is that its hands are backwards. So where its palm would be is on the opposite. So your outer hand is on the inside. They look really... Like this one is shown with nice fancy robes. And it holds a pipe while it's trying to smoke. And it looks really... Let's not say deformed, but a little odd. Question. Yeah. Okay. Regular tiger's paws are down. Correct. If they're backwards, wouldn't they just be like normal? Uh Uh-uh. But because it's humanoid, so then it's like essentially its this. thumbs are on the opposite sides. Yeah, it's like down here, and because like the pads out. are still the right way, the fur is still the right way, but their thumbs are on the opposite side. It's it's really weird. Like I don't like like Critical Role always didn't really like crossed and went Rakshasa. like that's their thing. They just cross their hands. So they are um they're tricky motherfuckers as they were probably you've never actually seen them in their true form uh they can take many guises generally those of power noble cardinals and the rich merchants for example uh their true form combines the features of a human and a tiger one with noteworthy uh, with their one noteworthy deformity the palms are where the backs of the hands would be on a human that's the description it's very confusing to say it right your palm it's essentially rotating your hand all the way around at the joint it's fucking weird isn't it did you fart no <laughs> Where I heard like a farting sound. I was like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry." <laughs> We're professional. Damn it! Damn it! Well, the last time I said I had to poop, so. <laughs> I cut that though. You didn't oh. listen to it. <laughs> I want you to have your dignity when this goes to air. What dignity? <laughs> 
So um, they are evil spirits <laughs> in mortal flesh. They are from the nine hells, and they, where powerful devils uh, created a dark witch world to free their essence from their fiendish bodies in order to escape the lower planes. Blah, 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 blah. So what they do is they come to the material plane to feed its appetite for humanoid flesh and evil schemes. So it's just an evil asshole in the shape of a cat. So it selects its prey, uh, taking pain to keep its presence in the world a secret. Because once it's discovered, its life is ruined. And so it is evil reborn in a sense that when this creature dies, its soul goes back to the nine hells. And it's torturous pain to come back to the material plane. And uh, they're kind of vindictive assholes in the fact that if you've killed them or your group has killed them, normally they kind of focus on who took the final shot. That's kind of like a revenant thing. Whoever did the final blow might be the main target. But if they come back, they have all of their memories of their formal life and all of their skills. And they're also big assholes. And uh, they go against the one who slew it. The target has somewhat slipped through its grasp. The Rakshasa might punish its family, its friends, or its descendants. Uh, they like devils. Rakshas is killed in the nine hells are forever destroyed. And this is something that came up in Critical World where they went to the nine hells, killed it in its little Rakshasa pouch, and uh, nearly got fucked. Like it was like on a wall or something, like on a puddle, essentially, like in a cocoon, cocoon of like Rakshasa goo. Is it like a kangaroo? No, it was more like a Mosh gross soupy. wall egg. A wall egg? I don't know. Matt Mercer did it. It was like I the assume. wall had a pimple and a Rakshasa was in Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was ready to born. You just pinch. And so they are an armor class of 16. They have a hit point of 110 with a maximum of a 3d8 plus 52. They're pretty fast for medium humanoids. They go up to 40 feet. Uh, their strength is 14. Dex is 17. Constitution is 18. Damn. Intelligence is 13. Their wisdom is 16. And their charisma is 20. So they're charismatic sons of bitches. So... If we were putting our characters against each other, our monsters against each other, I this feel like the Rakshasa could just convince the Kenku to kill itself. <laughs> <laughs> the Rakshasa is probably the one strapping the wings on the back and pushing it out of the building, but backwards hands. So, yeah. So with that, um, so they have a plus 10 to deception and a plus 8 to insight. So they're going to lie to you and also know if you're lying to them. This is an interesting thing. Their vulnerability isn't to a specific, I mean, it's three types of damage, but it's they're vulnerable to magic weapons wielding by any good character. So good luck with your chaotic neutral party being murder hobos because they don't get bonus damage. Uh, they are immune to bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing from all non-magical attacks. So it has to be weapon and you have to be good to make double damage. Wow. Yeah. They have a dark vision of 60 feet and passive perception of 13. They know common and infernal and unlike Kinku, they know how to fucking speak it. Uh, their challenge rating is 13 and they are worth 10,000 XP. That alone just kicks your Kinku's ass. Not that we're fighting in general, but just like, I feel like I could just look at it. And it's not a contest, <laughs> but if it was a contest, <laughs> I'm kicking My your ass. tiger person would kick your bird's ass. But also, imagine this walking down the street. Imagine passing a person who's randomly purring at you. I don't think tigers purr. <laughs> yeah, all big cats purr. Do they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have never seen it or heard it. Probably because you'll end up dead if you try it. I don't know. I have a way with cats. I won over Gigabyte. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He's a dumbass. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> this is where the challenge rating of 13 comes from. So one, I want to mention their only option to attack is multi attack. They do two claws attacks with a plus seven and a reach of five feet. 
One target is 2d6 plus 2. Yeah, but backwards, though. Why are you doing the Macarena? What the fuck are <laughs> you doing? Hey, slash your friend's face. Their are backwards. <laughs> That's true. You, it, it poses a lot of questions about the Rakshasa. <laughs> because in the picture, it looks like just their thumbs are on the it's other side. It's a dignified side. cat. No, I'm talking about their hands. Yeah. So what he's talking about, if they're... It, yeah, it would be weird. It would be weird. I yeah, they have to like rotate their hand. Like this is how it, it's like place your fist right next to your You'd pocket. You have to like, but now rotate you it. Do like this. You have degrees. to come up with it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a really uncomfortable fan <laughs> to your face. So they have a claw attack. It does two d six plus two damage, and it's slashing. The, however, if they make a hit, there is no save. You are cursed. You're like, hey, curse. Like, it's kind of like cat scratch fever. Aww. But in this case, you don't benefit from short or long rest. So uh, the curse lasts until a removed curse has been lifted. While you are cursed, you have creepy, horrible images and dreams while you're trying to take a break. So without removed curse, you're fucking cursed. So they have limited magic immunity. And this is why, like, that's not a lot of damage coming from this thing, right? It's like claw, claw. Because his hands are backwards. It's hands are backwards. How is it going to officially <laughs> dig into your face if it can't turn its hands around? So they have limited magic immunity. And by that, they are unaffected by six level spells or lower unless as it wishes to be. So essentially, how fucked up is that? Six level or lower. So... To what level party would you suggest this monster? This is a level 13 CR. So it'd probably have to be a 10 level gets 5th level spells. 11th level gets 6. So it would be a minimum of probably 12th level or higher. Maybe 13 would be my recommendation just because of CR 13. But, I mean, the other thing, if it's a whole good party... You pretty bad got it in the bag if you can hit it. You have a whole party of paladins and do-gooders. Yeah. What the kind of show are you running, first of all? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> D&D for good people? No. Where am I going to live my murder hobo fantasies out? <laughs> Real life? No, that's how you get arrested. <laughs> so they also have innate spell casting. They have a DC 18 save. Their charisma, of course, is their modifier for that. And they have a plus 10 to hit. Um, however... Looking at their spells, they know Detect Thoughts, Disguise Self, Mage Hand, and Minor Illusion. None of those attack. I mean, you can hit somebody in the face with a Mage Hand, but it doesn't do damage. Uh, Disguise Self is how they kind of hide themselves over and over again. That's them just kind of blending into the crowd. That's why it's hard to ever pick them out. However, Disguise Self is still an illusion. It's not polymorph. Therefore, a DC-18 investigation check will tell you that it is a tiger with reverse paws. Uh, once per day, they may dominate person. Unlike those regular tigers, tigers walking around. <laughs> normal paws. Uh, <laughs> once per day, they can dominate person, fly, plane shift, and true sight. Or I true know. Sing. I just thought about that. We've already talked about what playable race that is. <laughs> Which playable race? Of a, of a cat. Tabaxi. Tabaxi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, three times a day, they can charge. Per, per, charge. They can charge you. Yeah. <laughs> charges the shit out of you they can charm person detect magic invisibility major image and suggestion so it says it has a plus 10 to hit but it doesn't have any actual attack spells so this thing just kind of like claws you to death and can't use its magic it can use its magic but it i mean can't, there's no attack magic. there are no attack spells with it so it's just kind of like ah and just like Tries to get you away with either dominate person. It can plane shift, so it can just fuck off. So, spell-wise, none of these are 
two major suggestion has a save obviously uh, visibility minor image or major image excuse me but when it comes to like dominate person that one is kind of a good use of their attack is they're like hey barbarian mm, fuck them up and it'll take over for that um plane sh- fly is a great way to get out of combat plane shift in a daring move you can get your ass out of danger you just can't plane shift to the plane you're on if i recall correctly so then they just kind of save themselves by going to a fun plane nearby like maybe the ethereal plane uh true sing allows you to see through illusions and magic and stuff like that so really nothing special about it uh but yeah they're hardcore cr13 but it's they don't have attacks i thought that was very interesting they're kind of like super defensive very shitty attacks shitty devaxies <laughs> With I wonder, reverse claws. I always I wonder now, since Tabaxi's are a playable race, if there are more Rakshasas just walking around around in broad daylight. The only thing they do their is hands. just like rotating their hands around with the illusion. They wear so mittens. Sky self is just their hands. Yeah, and they just shook hands with you and they'd be like, uh, uh. <laughs> <Hold> the attack. <laughs> <laughs> they bow. They're all very formal. Imagine a Tabaxi though fake cutting you and then you're like, oh fuck, I guess I'm cursed. <laughs> That would be unfortunate. That That is a hard... Because I imagine these guys run away a lot. They and just if, don't want to get into it. But <laughs> in, like, I don't feel like fighting. In your defense, though, they have a... Or in their defense, really. They are strong casters, not offensively. Mm-hmm. But if they go back, they just come back to fuck you up. And it's I think it's very common in the case, even in Critical Role, where... They came back to kill a particular party member, and they brought goons with them, like assassins, to fight off as well. Goons. After they completed something like they were on a high, they just did something really good. Yeah, because it says months to years to return. Because I imagine I that I don't know. I just imagine it's a painful, long process to come out of layers of hell. Yeah, all nine of them. All nine of them. All nine. That takes a while. So yeah, they um they have to get through it. It's pain going back. It says uh let's see, uh, uh takes months or years. It's a agonizing and torturous return to the nine hells. Mm. But essentially, they look like you know those boots that have the point on the end. In the drawing, they have those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have colorful clothing. Uh, just a tiger head and backwards paws as their description. So that they, also means they don't have cat legs. Like tabaxi do. If you look at them, they have like straight legs, like a person. The tabaxi does or doesn't. Tabaxis have feline legs. Oh, like that weird joint. Well, some of them do, and some of them don't. It's a, if you look at the artwork. Yeah, like I don't it know. depends on your character art. Do your rakshasas have tiger legs or people legs? Because people legs is kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he was completely furless, because we can't see that from this point. So he's just like shaved body, immaculate hair hands and everything that makes me sad yeah disguise self is one hell of a spell it gets you in a lot of trouble too so with that it's time to look at drawings look i want to see your drawing so bad you don't it's not that good that's why i want to see it okay thanks <laughs> way to crush my soul all right so here's your kinku which can be found on page 194 of the monster Man. notice how i did not add those creepy bands on its body because i didn't want to draw those <laughs> Does it have some sort of thing on its arm? That's just its arm. We're not artists. We okay. don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> like, it's, it was, it's just a very much lighter color. So I was like... I thought I was being artistic and then its hand turned out green. I don't know. It, I think like... <laughs> you told me in the picture it's holding money at one point. It's and coins. So, coins, yeah. yeah. So 
I was. I made to... it green, the color of money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So I think it also. I can't tell. Like, how would you describe that article of clothing? Because it's not form fitting at it all. It looks kind of like a burlap sack done cornholio style over his Probably. head. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Like I, I couldn't think of like ways to add like this creature is like hunched over Did trying you to see take this? your money. Did you see this? Yes. Look, I've, yeah, it's beautiful. It looks like he's cornholio. I don't mean arm proportions. I want the next. <laughs> the next kinku you guys encounter is gonna talk like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh God, why? Because uh, I need to get my rocks off, and that's how I do it. <laughs> you want to get your rock shots off? Oh, it's so fancy. See, yours looks nice. So Jamie does a very cartoonish style for her drawing, and I appreciate it because it makes one evil fucking monster look very nice. Uh, the pause—I don't know what's going on with that shit. I was—I couldn't wrap my head around how to draw it. Okay, can you three-dimensionally draw fucked up claws? So, I'm sure that there are very talented artists. I know out there, there are talented artists who can do this and shit. And I'm not but one of them. I like that you made its boots fucking fancy. I'm <laughs> they have honestly the point. really jealous of the boots because that is the best boots we've ever drawn on any of them. This is the best feet we've ever drawn. Why does it have Aladdin pants though? Because <laughs> it has Aladdin pants in the picture. Or is it MC Hammer pants? No. I don't oh, think so. Up. Shut up. <laughs> Hammer. But yeah. he has a very fancy cape. He unlike, does have a very fancy cape. Unlike my last drawing, it's not as fancy as the last. Because it doesn't have fancy plastered okay. on it. Did you notice? Fuck did you, you look at? <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that in the the last episode's drawing of the archmages, the the one that's a, a mind flayer? Yeah. <laughs> His little gilded thing says fancy. <laughs> <laughs> He's I, really fancy. He is super fancy. He knows it because it's written on his clothing. It's so great. We have beautiful drawings. I'm, we're so only you can getting find, better. We, <laughs> yeah, we are super good at our jobs, uh, which this isn't a job. But either way, yeah, you can find our doodles and other stuff on Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook page. All of which Jamie does the work on because I'm not Show funny. do. I send her funny pictures, or at least what I think is funny, and hope they pass her scrutiny. <laughs> Every now and then when you don't post, though, like, if you see a post at, like, 10 o'clock at night, central time, like, that's me, because I'm like, oh, Jamie didn't post. It's my turn to not shine, <laughs> and just, like, post some dumb shit. <laughs> it's great. So, advice time from your DMs and players. Na, na, na. Okay, that's new. I don't know. Man, Just to set, I don't transition know. music. No, no, no. Thank you. I hope you remember <laughs> that next episode. We have yeah. No on. It's a bit from Family Guy. Yeah. When like anytime they cut away to something else, because <laughs> he was trying to make a moment with his dad happen, and he hired some guy to play the piano. He goes, and when he comes in at the right time, you need to do that soft transition music, like na na na. And yeah, sorry, Beautiful. it's too long to have to explain. Sorry. Too long didn't read me, please. Yeah. So, either way, uh, we're going to talk about backstories today. Backstories. So, I have a tendency to go all out with backstories, which is kind of pointless because I never finish anything I start. <laughs> so, like, I, you could ask Garrett. He's been one of my players. Jamie has as well. I'm like, here's a survey. Fill it out about your character. <laughs> 
I got one of them back. Oh gosh, but it was like fifty it was questions. Fucking long. It was Gary. He was the one who filled out. Jamie filled out half of it. Like it was like fifty questions. Like just answer these eleven, and I'll be happy. Um, one, yeah, I wasn't putting that much thought into that. It drug. was a lot of thought, and then I bailed because that's me. So one of the things I really liked about it that I kind of tacked on the end of it, and it was a. It was a recommendation from the internet, which was... Thanks, internet. Thanks, internet. You're full of ideas. <laughs> uh, doing like a rumors has it type thing where you have like three truths, two lies, and one that's completely false. Like too weird to be even th- plausible. And so that's kind of information you spread about the party over time, especially if it's from like their town or whatever. And it gives you an opportunity to role play and communicate with them. What up? What? You were like... I'm going to tell you a goddamn story. And it's just like focusing on the mic. No, I'm good. So how do you work backstory into campaigns? I. <laughs> That's, how? That's how. You know, I just barf and burp a few speckles of backstory into the campaign when necessary. You know, like sprinkle it in. This is why I'm going to die alone. Okay. <laughs> that is not this kind of podcast. It is now. Um, I, okay, so I'm kind of a burned DM because when I very first started and we were doing, um, Curse of Strahd. No, mm-hmm. before that, when I picked up the, the mercenary thing, um, we played at your other apartment and it was after you. Oh, the evil character you mean? No, no, no. That was in your campaign. Well, it was. Coming off of that one, and when we co-DM'd that one. That was following that one. Yeah, okay, so you were doing a mercenary character. We were all just kind of assholes in a guild. So I tried real hard to put backstories into that one, and then they wouldn't follow breadcrumbs. Like, I'm trying to lead you this direction. You should go that way. No, we should go this direction. Really? Yeah. Sure, you don't... You don't want to follow that backstory direction? No? No? All right, then. And then it felt I felt like it didn't come through. And that, that's hard, especially when the players don't pick it up. Because I'll be honest, how often do you reference your backstory after it's been written? No. Yeah, like you write it, you give it to the DM, you're like, fuck it, whatever. And then you're like, Timmy, my son. And the DM will drop like, ah, oh, yes, you see a young halfling boy who looks much like you named Timmy running down the streets. And you'll be like, fuck it, NPC, don't care. And then you'll <laughs> carry on with your life. And then the DM just looks at you like, that was your child you just ignored. And then he dies because you didn't care. I'd oh, kill right. him. I'm just like, <laughs> you just have to, one, I forget my backstory. I had to look it up the other day when we were playing your game. I'm like, who the fuck am I? And just like... Who am I? So it's 50 questions just to be ignored if we're yeah. remembering this. Right. Yeah. I've learned better. Like, I shorten it down, but give a backstory. One of your characters or players gave, bless their heart, they were new, and their character's name was Swap. And I'll let Jamie take this story. Oh, right? you mean Swap? I thought you were talking about somebody else. So this was a new, I don't really fault this one because this was a new, brand new player. And every time that they've come up with a new character, they are learning to be more in depth. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault them too much for this, but I literally got like a two sentence backstory of um, characters and elf would switch places with its twin or brother or something. And, and that was pretty much it. And I was in like, in utero. I was like, cool. 
all right then. I'm like, there's nothing that I can do with that. Who is your brother? Did they survive birth? But but then I would have another player who claimed to be very advanced do the same thing, and that's completely different. Brand new player, I'm like, I get it. You just want to play. You, you you're not to the point of caring about. It already took me three yet. hours to make my character sheet. I don't have time to write. Yeah, a they just want to play, and I get that. But this other player was said they were much more experienced. I've been doing this so many times, blah, 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 blah. And then gave me the same kind of depressing backstory. And then when I referenced it, they didn't know. And it bugged me a lot. But we got past that. My own backstories, I don't know. I feel like I'm still learning how to make a really good in-depth backstory. I don't have that. I don't know. I feel like they're very still one-dimensional in in my characters. So on that topic, I'm going to give you some backstory advice that I'm going to pull out of my ass. So for that... That means it's good. <laughs> it means <No>. it's stinky. <laughs> so with that, we're, we're talking about, one, how do you start your character? So first off, what class and race are you? How did you become that class and race? In particular, like a bard has to learn magic ability somehow. So how do they come across that? Did they go to college? Uh, did they uh, learn it from their parents who was a bard? Were they in a troop? Who cares? Figure it out yourself. Uh, establish relationships, whether that's another member of the party. Uh, I find that whenever you're writing a backstory and you're trying to get a group together, it's always good to have at least two players know each other. And then any of the others have some weird cross relationship to keep them in line. That way you're like, like for example, in Jamie's game, we are currently playing Dragon Heist Waterdeep. We don't have a group name yet. And spoilers again for Dragon Heist Waterdeep. It involves that you own at least a tavern. You don't have to open it as a tavern, but you have to live in the tavern. And so I, having previously started that campaign, again, I never finish. Uh, I knew what was coming. <laughs> ah, thank you. Um, <laughs> with that, I knew that if we didn't take the tavern, it kind of fucks up the whole story. So I was like, I'm going to stay in the tavern. I'm going to start trying to brew my own beer. I'm going to do dumb shit with it. And the rest of the party's like, I don't want to do that. Let's sell it. Let's get rid of it. Let's try to get rid of it. Let's do this. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, but it's, it's the plot. Please stick to the plot. And then it comes to, like, it, it finally got to a point where I was like, guys, you should totes take the tavern. Wink, wink. Yeah. Like, I was like, please stop fighting this. See this railroad tie? <laughs> Fucking take it. And just like. like because because I, I don't like railroading. And I wouldn't push this if it was my campaign. If you didn't want to take it, you would just sell it, whatever. But because I'm doing a book and because I've never done a book before, I don't want to skip around. I don't want to lose an important, a whole chapter dedicated section because it is a whole chapter about getting it's this thinking house. Everything starts that. And um, like you have to be there for events to unfold properly. So I was like, no, <laughs> please stay on task. And then I was like, 300 centaurs. <laughs> Question. Can a centaur slap its own ass to go faster? Only if you don't mind the I'm stairs. I'm not high enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you don't mind the what? Only if you don't mind the stairs. Oh. <laughs> Giddy up. Because, like, I still kind of mm. feel like you'd want someone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't shame me. It's not me. the same effect if you do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> With that in mind, <laughs> about a plot and trying to stick to it, I, I agree with the whole railroading statement. Like, if somebody misses their backstory, don't do anything about it. You had one character who went into a prison trying to find their brother. 
And didn't know their name. Didn't couldn't remember the character's backstory whatsoever. What's my brother's name? I don't know. You hand wrote this paper know. and gave it to me and didn't make a copy. <laughs> but and I will say, I don't feel like you have to have a backstory to have a good campaign. No. I feel like it's completely optional. If it's if you're doing a homebrew, it's so much easier to do because then you can shape the world around it. Whereas if you're doing a book, you have to more shape the story to the world, which just depending on your level as a DM can be harder or easier. And on that topic, if you are using a book, it's very handy to give the players actual useful information regarding it. So like Waterdeep has a chapter that's essentially like here are the festivals. These are the streets. These are the districts. This is everything you really need to know about Waterdeep that doesn't directly apply to the plot. And you could share that with them and say, build your character around this for, um, Garrett's campaign that we've been working in, uh, it was, okay, you're in Tal'Dorei. You guys are pretty familiar with Tal'Dorei. You've read or you've watched the show or you have a book. And so we could go in and pick an area that we came from and just say, oh, yeah, this is what I did. This is what my character did prior to becoming an adventurer. Or if I'm not an adventurer yet, this is what I currently do at home. I live with my parents or hopefully your parents are alive. Not every backstory has to have dead parents in it. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Literally none of my characters had a negative backstory. Yeah, hard mode. Don't have a dead parent backstory. So, it's hard. <laughs> D&D advanced. Come <laughs> from a happy, well-balanced home. Uh-oh. Send money to your parents because you love them. Like, yeah, try to support yourselves. Have a backstory that isn't like everybody's dead. I have no one to love anymore, so I just roam the streets Not saying that you can't. It's no. just it's just one of those common things that you find in D&D a lot. Like the starting at a tavern type of thing. It's one of those. All my parents are dead. It's just one of those things that yeah. happens a lot in the in the character makeup. Don't be afraid to start there, but don't stop there. Don't try to expand your horizons and your characters and make them more diverse, three-dimensional, realistic, because let's be honest, not every interesting person has a tragic backstory. Yeah, maybe, maybe they are dead, but you're trying to find a relative who's still alive because they're in the will and you got to get them something. That's a backstory plot right there. Yeah. You got to find them. Fun. Vengeance doesn't have to be the reason for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it could. Uh, also, but it's a good motivator. In terms of... Of playing the loner oh gosh that it's a real fine line i would not suggest it for new players if you're no. a new player try to be as cooperative as possible just because you need to learn how to play you need to learn what it's like to work in the group sorry i just caressed your leg <laughs> what it's like to work in the group what it's like to um roll the <sighs> dice to ask questions what questions to ask don't be the jerk. In, in all honesty, the loner character, you eventually, you have to have the line where you'll concede because the plot has to move. You can't just be the guy that's like, no, I don't want to do it. And it's like, well, then you're just going to get left here and not come back tomorrow, Kevin. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin can wait. Uh, so on that topic, um, is that, oh, we're close. Sorry. Uh, on that topic, I think it's really good if you're going to have a loner character that you have that one person in the group that you're like, oh, well, this is Kevin and this is Tabitha. Whatever Tabitha agrees to, Kevin falls under. He's he's a loner in the fact that he doesn't make his own decisions and he follows somebody else. So that could be your loner character is that you will listen to one other party unless you're persuaded otherwise. Um, with that, we're going to wrap up. And... Um, Sorry, you have to cut this shit together. Uh, but with that, you can find us on Sweet Tea and D&D on Twitter and Instagram. All separate words. No. Girl, together. All one word. Just kidding. 
surprise, it's been episode 17 and we still don't know. Uh, you can find you us on know. Facebook. Our website is sweettnd.simplecast.com. All one word. All spelled out. D-N as the letter. Uh, you can also find us on your... <laughs> it's .com now, motherfucker. Yeah. Either way, it redirects. Uh, the only thing is that if you look for us on a podcatcher, make sure you separate the words. Yes, so we're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, uh, and pretty much anything that steals from Apple or borrows. Let's just say borrow. The borrowers. With that, uh... Bye! 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 <laughs>